everybody, my name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, got a really fun episode coming up for you right this minute. This is the For the Love podcast, favorite moments celebrating our 100th episode. Ah, so fun. So you guys, we are coming up on the two-year anniversary of this beloved little podcast, which started on July 12th, 2017. You may remember our very first guest, Shauna Nequist. Um, you guys love that episode so much. That is still our top rated episode after all this time. What a great way to start. So we just celebrated our hundredth episode in May during the health series with Sebastian Terry, the most fun. Oh my gosh, go listen to that um, entire interview if you missed it. And so we thought it would be a hoot to go back and talk about our favorite moments around the podcast, talk about your favorite moments around the podcast, because you have been the most faithful listeners um, with your comments and your feedback and your reviews and your subscriptions. Um, you have cheered us all the way to this moment for sure. So we've looked back over all the episodes. We have compiled your top rated episodes, why you love them so much. And we're going to talk about ours. So what better little group of folks to dish over all this than the three women who pour themselves into bringing you this show every single week. So you've heard me talk about my assistant, my literal God sent angel to my work and my life, Amanda Duckett. Um, now to be fair, we had to bully Amanda into doing this. She is very, very introverted. She is she absolutely thrives behind the scenes of every big important thing, but she does not want to be on a stage. She does not want to be in the spotlight, never wants to be on a microphone. And I'm like, you're doing this. And she did. So Amanda agreed. I'm tickled that you'll finally get to put a voice to my friend and partner in crime that you've heard me talk about a billion times. Also thrilled to have on this show, our producer, the wonderful Laura Knightsling who has been with us since day one of this podcast. And she and her team diligently craft every single episode of this podcast over at Four Eyes Media. They put together with our input guest list and we brainstorm, brainstorm topics and themes. They do research and prep for every single interview. And then on the back end, they make sure it sounds beautiful and they um, do all the, the sound engineering and the editing. And Laura and her crew on the production side of the podcast are the best in the biz. So the three of us, we are the think tank of this podcast. And so we hopped on a recording to discuss what it's been like to be two years in the making of this podcast. And we howled with laughter. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode because we all love this podcast so much. This is our baby and we love it. And we love bringing you guests, some that you know and love, some that you don't know, but but they're interesting and thought-provoking. We love putting these conversations out to you every single week. And our deepest hope is that it is in some way a joy and a delight to your commute 
or your house cleaning or your workouts or however it is that you listen to podcasts um, and that maybe you walk away with some new ideas to chew on or a conversation that makes you think or um, maybe sometimes you just laughed um, because that's okay too. We hope to also entertain you. So please enjoy this little behind the scenes celebration of our favorite moment from the For the Love podcast with me, your happy hostess, and our resident podcast queens, Amanda and Laura. So this is fun, girls. Here we are on a podcast together. It was just meant to be. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So it's just so crazy because I wish that everybody could even have a sconch of knowledge of how much correspondence the three of us do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so over the top. We work so hard on this, the three of us, um, that it, it's making me laugh right now, all of a sudden thinking of um, us recording a podcast together. It's just serendipitous. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into a bunch of stuff because we're at our you know 100th episode, almost coming up on our two-year mark, just past our 100th episode. And so I... Um, want in your words, I want my community to hear more about you and what it is you do. So first of all, listeners, I want you to meet Laura Neitzling and she is our producer. So Laura, I would just love for you to talk for a minute about who you are and why we are in partnership and how we are in partnership and why do you like podcasts and just the whole thing. Okay. Um, well, I'm super excited, a tiny bit nervous because I'm usually on the other side of the mic doing the editing and doing all the other stuff. But this is so fun because it really is a passion of mine. And a little bit about me, I am um, a veteran of kind of the music industry and the film industry. And I started my own company about four or five years ago after working in Nashville for about 20 years in the corporate world. And um, decided to kind of blow up my life. I got married really late in life in my 40s and for the first time and moved to Florida of all places and started my company. And I've been listening to podcasts for a long, long time. Um, I was a very early adopter. Um, back in the day, I was listening to it on my iPod Touch. Wow. Remember those? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so um, I got into the podcast world because when I started my company, I was seeing that several of my clients were like, needing something else to reach a different media. And so four or five years ago, podcasts were doing really well. They haven't blown up. It wasn't blowing up as much as they've blown up now. I mean, I feel like Serial, when that came out, I hope y'all listen to that, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Kind of put podcasts on the map in a whole new way. And then just in the last four or five years, we've seen our space grow. We've seen, you know, tons of other podcasts come on the scene. I'm I'm, I'm kind of a chart-obsessed person, so I look, and there's a new podcast yes. every coming out every week. So, um, Is there? I'm sure. Oh, my gosh, especially in our space. You know, there's just, it's like, oh, the Duck Dynasty guys just started a podcast. Neat, uh, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're up against Cy and the crew. Um, so anyway. Oh, I love that because the only person more competitive than me is YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's sad. You know, I didn't even think about this, but, um, I think our Enneagram numbers are super complimentary too. And we talk a lot about that on the podcast, but I'm a seven. And so yeah. I'm not probably as stat, you know, sevens aren't as stat driven as like threes or ones, you know? Yep. Um, but I definitely have always been stat driven. So anyway, moving on from that, I, um, started working with companies and saw the need for this 
this new-ish medium, very new to a lot of the companies I was working with. They didn't know how to apply podcasts. I had never produced a podcast. So I started with this one podcast for the company that I was working with and producing it, and it did really well. And so I just sort of taught myself what to do. Along the way, I had an engineer that I worked with who we still work with today and just started working in this podcast space and loved it. I was a journalism major in college. I started out as a music major, then I switched to journalism. So this like satisfies my bent to tell stories and yeah. um, bring people's you know thoughts and ideas and lives to the fore so other people can hear about them. And I just absolutely love it. And um, so through working with this other podcast, the publisher that I was working with um, said, hey, you might be a good person to work with Jen. She needs a podcast. And I'm like, Jen, okay, that's great. Because I had heard your name bantered about the the publishing uh, company I worked with. And so I started doing my research. And then I came into Austin to meet you. And um, my family lives in San Antonio. I'm originally from San Antonio. So that worked out well for me to get to see you and then go see them. And so we had lunch. We sat down. We kind of compared notes about our backgrounds. It was extremely similar. We both grew up in very conservative religious environments and um, kind of did the whole, you know, youth group to college to working in the Christian realm. You know, that's what I've done mostly all my life. Um, I worked at VeggieTales. I worked at Word Entertainment, which is Christian music. And so you and I just had similar mm-hmm. paths and I've, and and also going through similar evolution with our faith. And yeah. so it was really cool to just go, I think we're on the same page. I think this is the kind of work that I want to do and, and get her message out. And so we brainstormed about whether it should be series or topic focused uh-huh. and different things. And you kind of rattled off some people. I think this person could be on. Sean Nyquist would be great. Uh-huh. And, you know, um, and so we set to work on it and then we looped in Amanda and Amanda was just, Amanda's amazing. And, um, we we looped her in and, um, started going with it and we started it in July of 2017 and we have been rolling ever since. And I'm just excited about it. (laughs) It's so true. And it took us a while to get it off the ground. Like it took us almost six months to, I mean, there's a train, the train's on our episode. You know what? It's just fitting, isn't it? Yay. There, this just feels, this is right. This is on brand, everybody. Um, I, um, I I knew as little about podcasting as you knew a ton about podcasting. So, I mean, I was starting a negative space. And so it was quite a learning curve. We're going to get to that, but it took us about six months to even flesh out the concept Mm -hmm. and sort of iron out the the, what, what's our system going to be and, and what sort of our approach to podcasting. Cause the nice thing about podcasting, especially two years ago is do what you want. Yep. You know, there's, you're not beholden to any template or, you so know, true. any sort of format. And I actually loved that, but it was, the parameters were so wide that it took me a minute to kind of find what's going to be our lane. Amanda actually really helped, I think, firm that up once mm-hmm. this turned into like a three person conversation. So speaking of Amanda, um, everybody's, you know, heard me talk about Amanda like a million times. So Amanda Duckett is my partner and assistant. And so hi, but also by the way, listener, she is so not here for this. So I want you to just know that we had to cajole. She, I mean, uh, there's bribery involved. Mm-hmm. She is, doesn't necessarily care for the stage or the spotlight. And yet here she is. It was inevitable. Yay. You know, this working with me eventually, so hello, will you introduce yourself and talk a little <laughs> bit about you and us and everything? Oh, I guess. 
the fact that I came kicking and screaming, I think, is just a testament to the fact that I am an Enneagram Six, and exactly. I am just I am loyal to what I do. I am loyal to the people in my life, mm-hmm. and so no matter how much I may be dying inside, I will always show up. It's so. so true, and I know that, and I manipulated that, and I'm you I'm did not good, good you move. Did. Like, I need you to do this. No shame. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's see. I. I kind of like Laura took the same path. I, I blew up my life six years ago and just uprooted everything. And you know, I'm such a, a grow where you're planted kind of person, mm-hmm. but I made the decision to uh, move 800 miles away from the place I called home. Um, I was chasing family, you know, keeping everybody close was important to me. So um, around 2013, I moved from my hometown of uh, Wichita, Kansas and uh, relocated in Huntsville, Alabama, which is where I am now. Um, I've been here for six years, I think. Um, and when I did that, when I made that change, I um, also sort of walked away from my job that I'd had for several years and um, made the decision to go into the whole self-employed uh, entrepreneur thing, work as a consultant for the company that I had been working for at the time. And I had been maybe doing that for about a year when, uh, Jen, when you and I crossed paths, um, you know, not a lot of people know this, but I actually had the pleasure of working for your dad for, I think six or seven years back when I lived in Wichita. Um, he was an activities minister of this sort of mega church, I guess, by Wichita standards, um, and helped launch this amazing activities ministry, um, in this huge facility. And, um, it was such a valuable ministry uh, to the church and to the community. And so anyway, I had the pleasure of working with him and growing up with your family. I worked with your brothers and your sisters and just, I I knew the whole King clan except for Jen. (laughs) So, right. Right. So, because Amanda's closer to my sibling's age, um, than mine. And so I was kind of up and gone, um, by the time you kind of, you sort of hit the King path. Exactly. And so um, I was maybe doing this self-employed thing for about a year when um, your dad reached out to me and, and made the connection between us. And, and so let me just that all interject real quick on that, because what that was, everybody, is that at that, what year was that, Amanda? Uh, 2014. Yeah. So 2014. And I had, I had outpaced my capacity by, I'm going to say around a million paces. I mean, I was absolutely a disaster. I'm, I'm not good at business. I am not good at administration. I'm terrible at organization. I'm like ideas and content and dreams and I, I, my head's in the clouds. And so, I mean, I was just suffering. There is no other way to put it. I could not manage my, my career had outgrown my, my abilities. And I was absolutely drowning. I mean, I didn't have a team. I didn't have any buddy like on my, on my crew. And so I was talking to my mom and dad one day and I'm just bemoaning, like, I can't do it. I don't know if I have all these emails. I can't answer them. I can quit my job. I think I'm going to go back and be a teacher. Like, I mean, I just could not. And my dad was like, why don't you call Amanda? And of course I knew all about you because you'd worked for my dad for so long. And I'm like, dad, she is not going to want to work for me. Like who would, like who would want that dad? Don't curse her. Don't curse her future. Um, 
And, you know, he talked so much about you and how you organized my dad and managed him. Let's not lie. Let's not That's lie. That's a big job. <laughs> Management is a huge part of it. It's like, if you can manage my dad, you can manage me. That's just a skill set <laughs> that is deeply important to your job description. Um, and so, yeah, so dad connected us. And I mean, literally that was it. I never interviewed another person. Oh, that's so cool. Oh my gosh. Listen, I Amanda, you know this. You know this, but I don't care. Everybody else does too. But I told Brandon, this was just like maybe a month ago, because um, Brandon and I have been married 25 years. And I told him, I said, look, I love you. I do. I, we've built a beautiful life. I'm proud of it. It's a, it's a joy. I'm just saying, if I had to pick between <laughs> you and Amanda, I will miss you. Like I'll miss, we had a good run. And <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh. So back to you. So that was in 2014 yeah. and we sort of forged a real clunky. I mean, I would, I didn't even know what to tell you. I'm like, can you work for me? Yes. What do you want me to do? I just, I don't know everything, Like, can you tell me what you can do for me? That's yeah. kind of how our conversation was. What can you do? What do you know? That's, exactly. that's how we, began. yeah, exactly. Sort it out and run with it. That's how we sort of got connected. And that's, you know, now I'm just wrangling all the things, the emails, the events, the book orders, the podcast, just every single piece of it, trying to make it all make sense. So that's how that all came into being. And the podcast is a big part of it, everybody. So the, the three of us, we're sort of the, we're the engine behind everything from content to long-term planning to, um, series and then the, the balance of the series. And then ultimately these girls go out and get our, our dream guests. And then we kind of go, okay, best case scenario, a team, who do we want? Who would we love to have? Um, and that's always kind of fun. And we sort of go, we take a sky's the limit approach on that. Mm -hmm. And, and the three of us bring all these ideas to the table and then we go after them. And you know what? We get them most of the time, don't we? we do. It's crazy. We do. I was actually just looking back at our emails from when this all started uh, back. I think you and I, Jen, started talking about it in February of 2017. Um, we just said, you know, this is something that our team has thrown around. This seems like a good idea. Maybe we'll give it a shot, do it for a season, see how it goes. We were so naive. <laughs> We had no idea what we were getting into, but literally none. I, I was looking back at that uh, first list, like that very first, you know, if we could get these people, mm -hmm. this would yeah. just be, I think, I think you called it pie in the sky crazy. Sure. And, and I was looking at that list and you, I think there were 18 names that we had on that very first <laughs> list. And do you know, we've had 10 of them already oh, and, wow. and one more is coming up. So I mean, really, we, yeah, crazy. we've gotten more than half of our initial dream list. So that was just crazy to see that all come together. That's yeah. So bananas. Just that first series. I feel like, you know, when you first start a podcast, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're relatively sort of in the space for the first time and you're not sure, you know, it's like I'm starting a podcast and, you know, and, and basically the people that we wanted for that first friendship series, which was, I thought, a great way to start because it's kind of who we who we were as a podcast, you know, yeah. um, building up, the community of women and, and talking about friendship and kind of how important that is in our lives. And I mean, the fact that we got Sean and we got 
Brene. We got, you know, um, just in those first couple of series, Glennon, we got some great people right off the bat. I know some of that was, you know, the relationships that you had already. Um, But it was just so nice to just kind of come out of the gate with just strong episodes and strong people. And and I'm thrilled to hear that, you know, we've been able to kind of, you know, get that dream list underway. And I have other dream list people that we're constantly adding to the list. But Oh, yeah, totally. Same. I'm tickled when I hear you talking about that first series because content wise, it was absolutely delightful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are so right. We had, I mean, top drawer women um, in that first series with just really like rich conversations. Technically, (laughs) 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 oh, bless us. I mean, oh my gosh. I, I can't explain to everybody listening how little I understood about everything, about recording, about audio, about the mechanics of it all, about the technology platforms. I mean, I would say it was easily, you just tell me if I'm I'm cutting this short, Laura, easily the first, I'm going to say 15 Mm. episodes that I recorded. Mm -hmm. I, I had my phone right next to me with you on it. Mm -hmm. Like, texted you the whole time. This won't work. I can't get on. The internet's going out. My microphone sounds strange. She can't connect. We've lost (laughs) each other. I mean, it was just absolutely endless. I thought, well, we'll never get it. Like, God bless you. I can't believe you stuck around on this podcast. Like you had to, no. like, this is the worst decision I ever made. I, I think because I went through the same foibles myself, you know, just learning it and the platforms. I mean, even two years ago, the platforms were a little bit wonky. You know, you, you just didn't have state-of-the-art stuff. And, you know, the, the resources now that are available are so much better than they were. So just to alleviate you of your guilt and your, you know, feeling like you were ignorant about podcasts, I think that just kind of came with the territory a little bit too. And I think we got into a groove with that as well. And then now you've become a pro. You're like, you know, oh yeah, just go check in the, you know, hit this box and that's where you get your mic hooked up. And so I, I hear you on the recordings and I go, oh, she knows what she's doing now. Um, but we did have some <laughs> really fun. Every possible thing has gone wrong. Oh yeah. It's one episode or another. Absolutely. And, and we've so become master solutions yes. providers too. Just like, how can we fix this? You know? Um, oh my gosh. Well, tell everybody about the Vicky, the oh, Vicky episode. I mean, this was probably, was it, it was either our third or fourth episode ever mm-hmm. It was like, in the entire podcast. Yeah. So this was part of, uh, um, the friendship series and Jen had always wanted to talk to her. She's the writer of, um, girlfriend's guide to pregnancy and all the other great series that she wrote. So we got the, the recordings back and, um, I got Jen, I got, Vicky's side, thank God, because it would have been really hard to book her again to, to do it a second time. But I didn't get Jen's side. So I, you know, called customer service for the platform we were working with. And I, you know, tried all these different tricks that, I'd, you know, tried before and I could not get the recording. It was gone forever. So I'm like, what are we going to do? So we came up with this idea. Since we had Vicky in the can, we decided to re-record the podcast with me as Vicky reading from the script that she read, that she did. Oh so I just basically transcribed her episode and I read it. And so we pretended like I was Vicky and then Jen just kind of gave me her responses. And so she like laughed in the right places when Vicky said oh something funny. And it was unbelievable. If you go back and listen to that episode, uh-huh. I dare you to try to f- f- figure that out because it was just, it came off really, really well. So, well, you spliced it together perfectly. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I was was acting. 
I was absolutely acting. And I was trying to remember how like funny or charming I had been. I don't know. I can't remember. I was nervous. <laughs> I mean, she's like a writer who's meant a lot to me. And I actually emulated a portion of my career after sort of her style. And so, and I was an absolute novice. And so I still didn't know how to podcast. Guys, I cannot listen to the first four or five episodes. I I cannot believe one of you guys did not call me and say, Jen, take it down about 10 notches. Like it's too much. You're coming on way too strong. I just couldn't, I didn't know how to be normal. And I was, it was like, it was like I drank 10 cups of coffee and it was just over exuberant. And you guys were really nice not to say anything. But when I listen to it now, I'm like, Jen, golly, I can't believe any of our listeners stuck around. <laughs> they did. Those were our most popular episodes, honestly. And, you know, part of that's just when you're starting out, you get a lot of listeners right out of the gate. But I think they're oft returned to episodes. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry if that brings you distress. But <laughs> when I think that that whole Vicky recording for me was second time around fakery, I'm just dying. Um, <laughs> uh, also, that was at the early beginning when we were sort of picking out intros and, Mm -hmm. and segues and like, remember how long it took us to pick the music track Mm -hmm. behind? I mean, Mm -hmm. we must've gone around on that 29 times. Um, but that's when, you know, we had the really unfortunate pushback against the fall, (laughs) the fall guys. Because, you know, that was just some sadness, sadness in the camp. This is, this goes a little bit hand in hand with my chart obsession and reading reviews and making sure that we're hearing the audience. It's really important to us to like get your feedback. And so early on, I um, got a recording done for the intro. And um, so I started to see reviews online, you know, on iTunes going, you know, I love the show. Great show. We're good. I'm, gonna li- I'm subscribed. I'm listening. Five stars. But the voiceover lady... She's right, which she's we like weird. Call vol. That's what we said a minute ago. You guys. Yeah, the vol, the O L. The vol, the O L. And so I started reading these reviews, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they hate the voiceover lady. <laughs> and um, and 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 that was the only negative thing that was coming up. I mean, yes. and it wasn't like overwhelming, but right. So to make a confession, just today, I want to come clean. I am the voiceover lady. I was the lady that was despised and reviled on iTunes. And I'm telling you, like, I read those reviews and I'm not like, I mean, I've done some, you know, things in the public and had to be scrutinized, et cetera, but like not very often. And so I'm usually behind the scenes. I'm working away. I'm, you know, doing my thing to help somebody else promote their platform. And, um, so to see like, you know, they didn't even know who I am. And I'm seeing these reviews, like, she sounds like a robot, you know? And I'm like, nobody's ever told me that. (laughs) So I go to Jen and she was so kind because I was like, I think we need to change the voiceover because we're getting complaints. And she's like, I haven't seen that many. And I'm like, yeah, there's maybe four or five out of 400 views or whatever, but I just don't want any blight. I want us to keep five-star rating, you know? And, um, I said, so what, what can we do? And so we'd talk through it. And she was like, well, what if I have Remy do it? And I'm like, oh, genius. Or was that your idea, Amanda? No, that was Jen's. Okay. So anyway, Remy did an amazing well, who's be job. mean to the voiceover Remy? Right. right. Like, exactly. eliminated all potential <laughs> kickback on that. Uh, what's so funny, too, is that Laura, for a season, would, of course, sign off on all of our emails as voiceover Lady Vol. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> that the three of us communicate. Well, we have two strands of communication. One of them is through long bullet pointed lists where we are discussing options for every series, every guest. These are like endless. Mm -hmm. And the way that we have managed this, which I think this is probably terrible communication, but it's just now it's what we do is that we will reply to all and whichever one of us is replying, will reply on the end of every bullet in a different color. And then somebody else comes back in a different color. So by the time we have sent an email around several times, it's, it's complete. It's like rainbow vomit. And who could read it? It is so crazy. You get a headache Um, just looking at it. You do. But the other way that we communicate is through um, gifts and memes. Mm -hmm. And so Vol, the the, the Vol hatred gave us a lot of opportunity. (laughs) Oh, it did. A lot of memes and gifts about that sort of sad chapter in your career (laughs) as the Vol. (laughs) It was Um, tough. It was tough, but I got through it. And then Amanda, I'd love for you to talk for a minute about... Because we've, you, when I say we, I entirely mean you. You have completely innovated and created and developed the transcript page over on our website. And so how did that start and like, where is it now? Uh, well, thanks to Laura, it's in a much better place. Um, she transcribes everything. So she just sends me the, the finished piece. And all I have to do is post it, which takes some time because of the formatting on the, the website platform that we use. But um, it's going and tracking down photos that we can implement, mm-hmm. videos if there are any. Those are always great. Uh, making the pull quotes that people can share on social media. It's it's a big job. But thankfully, yeah. Laura makes it much more um, possible. And I have to give a shout out to one of my members of my team, um, Amy Kerr, who yes. helps me with that. And she does a great job. Just, you know, she's she gets our whole thing and loves the show. And one day you guys will get to meet her. But those transcripts are amazing, Amanda. We're going to talk about um, one of the ep- our favorite episodes later. And I went to the transcript to look at it. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just so amazing. Yeah. It just enhances mm-hmm. it in such a beautiful way. Now, I feel so bossy at the end of every single episode where I'm like, if you are not going to the website, why are you even listening? Like, it's just such an amazing resource. And when I want to go back, because it's so strange as a podcast host, um, I'm so focused on conducting the interview. I'm so like hyper vigilant about what are they saying and then adjusting some of my later questions. And it's just, um, it's a, it's a, it's a harder skill than I thought, um, to be like a really, um, intentional and focused interviewer. Like there was some really awesome information in there. I was assimilating it as fast as I could to ask them the next like question out of it, but then I can't really remember. And so when I want to go back and listen to something that I thought was wise, I always go to the transcript um, because I like to read it with my eyes and I've cut and pasted like a ton of segments um, that have been like typed out for me, obviously via the transcript and um, just kind of see it in written form helps me kind of assimilate the information. I have learned so much from Mm -hmm. our podcast guests. I mean, I cannot believe how enriched my life is because of the quality of people we have had on for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, so because you guys are both as apparently keyed into like ratings and reviews and paying attention to charts and all of it, (laughs) it's been really exciting you guys to work alongside of you so hard. I mean, it's a crew, it's a team effort. And so it's been 
I've felt proud on behalf of all of us for some of our awards and some of the recognition that has come our way for the podcast, which by the way, I did not expect in the slightest. I didn't, that's not why any of us started, but it's been pretty cool. We've gotten some good ones. It has. Yeah. It's neat. Cause I think that, you know, of course I love an award. <laughs> Give me a trophy and I'm happy. But um, for more than that, it's just being in the space to, to go, hey, we're a part of what's happening in culture. We're a part of the conversation. When we get an award, that's that's what it means to me. And that's what I think is one of the such, such key things about why we do what we do is to just get the conversation started and, you know, from a, a different perspective that maybe not a lot of people have heard just in the podcast world. Um, yeah, I agree. And it's been interesting to have recognition in some of these really broad spaces where, you know, you don't know who's listening to your podcast and you, right. we, we've got the, this is our little private personal empire. And so, you know, I, I never really know who else is listening or what's paying, what's going on or who's paying attention. And so to be sort of nominated and awarded alongside, I mean, some I don't know, some pretty important spaces and people and thinkers and leaders. I don't know. What are some of our awards? We got the um, People's Choice Award, which has been around for about, gosh, ever since podcasts started, maybe about 10 or 15 years ago. And it's a little more grassroots kind of an award show, but we got Best in Religion and Spirituality for that, um, which was exciting because that's voted for by people. So, you know, they're, they're the ones saying, we think this is the best in that space, um, the actual listeners. And then I was super excited about, about the, the, one, the next one we got, because that kind of speaks to what I was saying about just being a part of the mix of culture. And it was, we nominated, well, there wasn't even a spirituality and a religion category for these awards. And the, they're the Webby Awards. And right. um, they award movies and they, you know, did online, digital, anything that's digital, they they honor. Um, so we were in the lifestyle category, um, and we got an honorable mention, which there were only five nominees and two honorable mentions. And among those were like NPR and Boston Globe right. and NBC and Vanity Fair. And, you know, you're just like, we're having yeah. really important conversations around, you know, the same things, but we're having it from this, this, you know, unique perspective and, and people are recognizing it. And that just was such yeah. good, so good for my heart, you know, just to go, our work means something and it's, it's permeating these areas. Could not agree more. Um, it was flattering last month to get the um, Iris award for most engaging content because I place a high premium on engagement. Uh, that's what we're doing here. We are hoping deeply to engage our listeners. We want to engage you in important conversations. We want to engage you in sometimes humor and entertainment. We we want you in. We're, this isn't just like the Jen, Laura, and Amanda show. No. You know, we engagement matters deeply to us. And so um, being recognized for having like highly engageable content for, was so, so flattering to me. Um, one thing that you pointed out, Laura, that I loved like – I, I don't know why this has not just been like my lead story all this time, but the for the love podcast is it's female led it's female produced and it's a female empowering podcast, yeah. which is pretty rare. This is Agreed. like most things, a largely male oriented industry, right? Yes. It's growing in, in females, but to, to be 360, to, you know, have a female host, female producer, that's rare. There are not a lot of female producers in general in Hollywood and any, in any kind of entertainment medium, same for podcasts, but they're growing, you know, and, um, and again, the female empowering part of it, 
Absolutely. And that's what I've loved about how our podcast has evolved. And we had important conversations from the get-go in our friendship series. But yeah, the whole female empowerment thing and just the fact that we are that living that. And it's so funny because I think we're just in it doing it. Yeah. And it just kind of dawned on me too. Like I wasn't just going, look at us. We're these amazing females uh-huh. doing this great work. It was like, oh, wait, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. we're, we're unique in this space. Not yeah. everybody's doing this. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud of that too. And I'm also proud that that space, as you mentioned, which is sort of female led driven and centered is it's a smart space. And, um, sometimes it's controversial and, or it's challenging. And I, I'm glad for that too. You know, you guys know how much I value humor. I love funny. Mm -hmm. Like our comedy series was one of my favorites Mm -hmm. for sure. I love entertainment. Um, some of my still on my want list are comedians like who are heroes of mine, but I'm also really proud to bring content that is, has depth to it and substance and, um, doesn't necessarily offer real canned answers, but definitely opens up dialogue like that to me. I feel really, really, really proud of that. guys, Jen with a quick break and a recommendation about a resource I think is really, really interesting. So tons of us are juggling multiple hats, career, home, family, kids, and maybe you're like me and you see someone doing something cool that interests you, or maybe you just have a big idea for a great business or a new venture, but you're not sure where to start. So here is a great place to start with Skillshare. So Skillshare is basically an online community for creators. You've been wanting to get into photography. They have classes for that. Want to learn how to use and grow social media? They have one for that too. Guys, they have more than 25,000 classes in design, business, tons more. So you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a pretty cool offer just for my listeners. Skillshare is offering the For the Love community two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for absolutely free. Super easy to sign up. Just go to Skillshare.com slash for the love and you can start your two free months right away. So this is a great investment in you, in your work, in your creativity, in your dreams, in your future. This is a no brainer. So Skillshare.com slash for the love. Okay, back to our show. So I would love for us to pivot forward because the three of us, this we have our hand in this more than anybody else. And so I would love to know from you guys, and then I'll jump in too. I mean, two years of a podcast, it's no joke. And we've not missed a week. I think one week right? We, um, replayed a favorite. Is that, am I getting this right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, did, right. we read it. We replayed Emily Lay's, yep. um, episode at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So in two years we have, we have only done a repeat one week. We have had a new episode every single week since we started. Um, and so we have a lot to pull from here over a hundred episodes. I would love to know everybody's, I mean, maybe it's more than one, but, a favorite or your absolute favorite 
episode and maybe even moment inside the episode, why you loved it, like what you heard about it, what, why it meant something to you. Okay. Amanda, let's hear it from you. Well, mine's probably a toss up of a bunch of them actually. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed the episode where we got to have your parents on, Jen. Uh, Can Mary I just say real quick before you go on? That was Amanda's idea. Yes. It was Amanda's brainchild. And ultimately, it was Amanda convincing my parents to do it. And so <laughs> your instinct was right because that episode was hilarious. It was. And I, I was getting the text from you about, oh, Lord, what are we doing? My dad, <laughs> totally. he's worried about what he was going to wear <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. On our audio podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then to to hear him yelling at the dogs in the middle of the interview. I mean, this is exactly what it was like working in an office with him for seven years, just, you know, kicking his computer and screaming at it. And, you know, it was just a a wonderful reminder (laughs) of that time. In fact, I think we've got a clip um, that we will play specifically about um, my dad yelling at the dogs. So here it is. Let's take another uh, listener question. Um, Okay, so here's the next one. Hi, this is Joanne from New Brunswick, Canada. I have a question about Jen from when she was a little girl. Just wondering, how did she respond to discipline? Was she pretty sassy and snarky or was she more um, remorseful and broken and really sorry about something that she had done? Larry, you feel that one. (laughs) Well, let's see. If I remember the questions uh, that you just asked, how did you respond to discipline? I would yes. say you tolerated it, but <laughs> responded reasonably well most of the time. Did I? I don't remember. I, I you were you were more receptive to that. Uh, you had more of a. I don't know if work ethic is the right word or not, but uh, you always were the achiever, the striver, the one that shot for excellence and not so much with the rest of the crew, but, um, so that's okay. We'll just have dogs and trains in the podcast. It's just how it, this is real life. Just, Hey, shut up. (laughs) You dog shut up. Dad gummit. We're in an interview here. (laughs) Where do we pick up? (laughs) <laughs> Just, we're going to leave that in, Dad. Your sister, Courtney, was walking up, and they saw her and thought it was the booger man and started barking. I put him out. Okay, perfect. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so that's my dad, everyone. Like That's like exactly quintessential Larry King right there. So hilarious. You know, my dad says dad gummit, too. Is that like a oh, southern does. dad thing? Yeah. <laughs> But Jack says more than that. So he I does. was just grateful that that's the word that he chose that day. Um, and we we'll have to bleep anything out for content. Anyway, the transcript yeah. on that episode is one of my favorite too, because it has just awesome old pictures of you guys and like your station wagon. And it's just yeah. so, so, so fun. I mean, obviously you put that together, labor love it. Amanda, that was really great. It was. What's your other, you have another one? I do. Um, I would say that, the other one is kind of a mismatch of, of a whole bunch of episodes, basically anything where we hit on community and building connection with one another. I just, I have lived for those episodes I'm thinking about um, Shasta Nelson uh, talking about girlfriends and uh, Christian shell with the turquoise table. And of course, Queen Brene. I mean, right. that was one of the best. Yeah, um, it was. 
Sarah Cunningham with free mom hugs. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many people um, have sent me pictures and notes and emails like, this is me and my crew. We're going to our pride parade. Here's our shirts, our signs, yes. our mom hugs. It's just awesome. I just love that that connects with people uh, so deeply. It feels like a balm for you know, what's hurting us. Hmm. So uh, those episodes just really mean a lot to me. And I think probably my favorite one of them all is our very first episode Hmm. of this entire podcast with Sean and Equist. And, um, you know, I love to entertain. I love to bring people together. And so it was good for me on that level, just to hear some of her tips and, you know, the way that we don't have to over labor everything about, you know, being Pinterest worthy and, Mm. you know, people don't have these expectations of us and we should just meet them where we are in our lives. And so I loved it for that reason, but I also loved, there was a tender moment that she had, um, where she was just very vulnerable and talked about a season in her life where, uh, she recognized that she didn't have the capacity to, uh, do what needed to be done in her own life. And so she, she took it to the people in her circle, in her community and asked them to intercede on her behalf because she was just, she had too much pain, Mm -hmm. um, too much grief that she was living in, in that moment. And she knew, you know, I needed people to be praying for me. And so I asked my people to do it for me and just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've, I've had some, a a challenging year and a half, probably, Mm -hmm. uh, this last, this last year or so. And going back over that a few times since we had that interview, it's just really resonated with me and really um, reminded me that I can lean on my people. And so mm. that's probably my favorite. Mm. That's a, such a great choice. In mm-hmm. fact, let's, we'll play that clip right now. You've um, referred before to friendship as a shelter, which I love that. Um, that has been the truest, um, piece of my experience that I can recall. Um, can you, can you name a time or two maybe, uh, when, or certain ways that your friends have been a shelter for you? Well, you know, um, maybe I'm thinking of this a lot right now because I have a couple of friends in my life who I adore, um, who in the last year or so have had miscarriages. And, um, so, you know, what happens in your life is you experiencing some you experience something absolutely horrible and then one of the tiny things it doesn't make it better but it at least makes it uh, you're happy to share what you know right then you become a person that people call when they have the same experience so all that to say um someone i just absolutely adore showed up on my doorstep uh, a year ago and said it's happening today i'm losing the baby today and sitting with her and talking with her reminded me of how my friends were my lifelines during those losses, Um, how they were in my space, in my home, with my kids, feeding us and praying with us after the second miscarriage, um, and it was twins. um, There was a season where quite honestly, um, I had to ask people to pray for me to pray the prayers I wanted to pray because I couldn't right then. And I kind of had to say, I'm silent in my spirit and in my heart. But if you could pray to a good God for new life on my behalf, if you could pray for my broken heart and to to have people literally sitting next to me, holding my hand, praying out loud the words that I was too empty and silent to pray, in addition to like flowers and laundry and, you know, picking my kids up at preschool and whatever, like just 
I have never felt so surrounded by the blood and guts human thing than in those seasons of so much loss. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for them. Oh, that's so powerful. I mean, even as you're talking, uh, my mind is going through a reel of how many times you have been that friend to me. And I am so grateful. I just, being sheltered under the nourishment of of friendship is, um, it's healing. It's healing. It's transformative, actually. And you you receive that kind of friendship because you are that kind of friend. And that goes back to our earlier conversation. You will get out of your friendships exactly what you put in. So if you decide to kind of go all in here and invest hard and go after it, um, ultimately, when you need it, when you're the one with the dry well, you will have so much depth and richness to draw from because you have invested so deeply into other people and it will be their honor and their joy um, to invest back in you. You're so good at friendship. One of the very best I've ever, ever known, Shauna. And I mean that. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I actually love that part of our conversation too. I'm so happy that you picked that moment, Amanda. Um, Shauna, I've said it a million times, but I mean it sincerely. She's just one of the wisest wonderful people that I know. And that moment was so genuine and vulnerable and tender. I mean, that 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 was a part of our very first episode should have been an indicator that we were going to be on the right track. Definitely. I felt the same way. I was just thrilled that our first episode came off so wonderfully. And we had put I think we had put like two or three out kind of all at once, um, or just really close space together, um, and got a lot of, you know, traction just with people listening, but that one is still number one episode. So it's the most listened to, it's the most, um, gotten the most feedback, most downloads, most Mm -hmm. downloads. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I remember some of the comments that we've gotten on that, um, the podcast made me cry like six times. Uh, maybe it's PMS. No, it's definitely the PMS. <laughs> Can't wait for what comes next. Um, I've never been a podcast girl, but thanks to you now, I'm a hundred percent loving this series. Um, I've listened to it multiple times. Thank you for your wisdom and, and honesty and humor. And there's just so much mm, love for right. Shauna, for all of our guests. Yeah, that's true. So true. That's true. How about you, Laura? Fave moment? Oh my gosh, it was so hard to choose. I, um, I'm a lot like you. I am a sucker for comedy. I love funny yep. things. I'm an SNL freak. So the the comedy series was just like a dream for me. Um, to have you know Kevin Nealon on and Angela Johnson, yep. who's so hilarious and so just such a great group of people. Um, and so, but it's been so funny because I did not think that I would be so affected by our faith series, both of them, actually, mm-hmm. the current one that we just mm-hmm. finished and then the original one that we did called the, For the Love of Exploring Our Faith. I would be, you know, researching these episodes and I would be getting questions ready and I would be um, reading the content of these people and literally having personal revelations like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I've always felt that, but no one, I've never heard anybody say that. So totally. this was a real, you know, like... kind of like with you, Amanda, going through something, you know, personal and then having that Sean and Equist episode just really speak to your heart. This stuff was like right in the middle of where I was going in my personal Mm -hmm. faith walk, you know? Um, So, and then just some of the issues that we touched on. and, And so for the love of exploring our faith became 
yeah, we're really, we're really exploring our faith. Mm-hmm. This isn't just oh, yeah. like, you know, joking. Sunday school, yeah. you know, this is like, these people are doing really groundbreaking things and really, you know, and also getting a lot of criticism, you know, and a lot of um, pushback and starting just these amazing conversations. So I just reveled in that series and just ate it up. And um, the one that I just, that really, really got to me because it was just so illuminating um, was by Lisa Sharon Harper. And um, this was the one that we actually got the Webby Award for. Um, And, you know, it just, it shed such a light, you know, on just some of the very, you know, deliberate history of, of sort of segregation in the church and oh my gosh it was super sobering and it, it I talked about it for weeks afterwards like my mm. husband was just like stop talking about that episode because <laughs> 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 I was like but did you hear this part you know I was, yeah. just, I was just blown away so oh, totally. yeah Let's play so, a bit because there is a reason that was an award-winning episode here it is you know, there's sort of as we whitewash the atrocities of our own American narrative, the, yeah. there's this um, real, very real um, inclination to to push it in storytelling so far backwards. It's just the, yes. it was so long ago. We're so yeah. beyond it. We're just so incredibly yeah. far removed. Yeah, no, from the roots and the and the the evil of slavery. I think when a lot of white people specifically want to push we're you know, we're a post-racial society. It's just simply impossible to conceive of a nation that spent 300 years in, in racism and slavery and subjugation and inequality to imagine that in 60 years (laughs) we've, we've, it's fixed, you know, we're, (laughs) it's, we're, it's done. We're over it. It's just, um, I I remember the first teacher that said that to my ears and it was so incredibly profound that we can look to our parents and our grandparents and certainly our great grandparents and see it alive and well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, look at this. Okay. So I just came literally this last weekend, I was on the MLK pilgrimage with Faith and Politics Institute and Mm. with John Lewis. It's in, in commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the garbage workers strike and Mm. the death of Dr. King. So we're there and we're in Selma now and we're at the six, I'm sorry, Birmingham, we're at the 16th Street Baptist Church. And we, I learned for the very first time, and I've been there several times, but I never realized this, that in Alabama, they outlawed um, black churches having spires on the tops of their churches because they didn't want them to look beautiful. Wow. So when you, when you see... Yeah. So when you go into Alabama and you Mm -hmm. see all these historic churches, black churches, historic black churches, and they don't have spires, they they look like they were built to have spires. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, they were all removed. All the spires were removed at one point. And so now they kind of look stunted. And Mm -hmm. that it's so the thing is, the subjugation was that detailed. Mm -hmm. That's right. It was in every Mm -hmm. single aspect of life. And it wasn't not, this is the thing that got got me this last weekend. It wasn't neutral. It wasn't just white folks living their lives and, you know, black folks being Uh impoverished as well. They just didn't, you know, they just needed to wake up that they they didn't get when they came out of slavery and so whatever. No, the white establishment in this, in the segregated South and in the North, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't just the South, but it was, it was actually intentional. Yeah. There yeah. was an intentional pushing down, yes. crushing even, mm-hmm. of the image of God in and people of African descent. 
I'm still, you guys probably are too. I am still getting feedback on that episode. And it was probably a year ago. Hmm. Was it, did we do that first series a year ago? Maybe. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that one really made an impact. The thing that I heard in that episode too, that I also just thought about for weeks was how Lisa unpacked the construct of what it meant to be white. Mm-hmm. Um, that, do you remember that? It wasn't yeah. it, that sh- it, it went on a census form for the first time. It took you out of your ethnicity and just made white a category. Yes. And I just hadn't really ever thought of it. And as she sort of unrolled her, um, academics around that, I mean, I was just, I remember sitting in my chair during that interview, like, wow, like Mm -hmm. this is going to drop. This is, this is really, really going to be good for people to hear that. That episode was amazing. Yeah. And so many of our guests that have come on, like some of the people in that series are like, oh my gosh, I heard the Lisa Sharon Harper episode. And it was, it was so amazing. You know, like even our guests have commented about that one, you know? So uh, it really is something else, but there was some great uh, feedback on social media too. And, um, you know, people really had to process it and re-listen to it. There was, it was just like, it was this huge history lesson, a huge Bible lesson. Um, but they said, this is going to be a re-listen one. Thank you both for a very eye-opening educational conversation. And another, another person said, I'm still processing this episode and plan on listening again. I've shared with my sister and several friends, powerful, convicting, life-changing. This touched me deep in my core and truly opened my eyes. Thank you for both being willing to have the difficult conversations. Yeah. So good. I know. So good. I love your choices. I, um, when we, a couple of weeks ago started saying, let's pick our favorite moments. I'm like, it's like picking my favorite kid. One episode that I, I was kind of like you, Laura, I just kept thinking about it. It just stuck in my Mm -hmm. head. I, I I think maybe because I was not expecting it. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't know as much about her when she was coming on. I didn't, I knew about her public her public persona. I knew like her, her fame and her TV space, but I didn't know about her personal life as much. And so I think I was unprepared for how Jamila Jamil smacked me right between the eyes Mm -hmm. in our episode. That was our, for the love of TV series. Mm -hmm. And we were so pumped because we got Jamila to come on. And of course she's, um, she's on the good place, which is just, you know, the most beloved show. We all love it. So I thought we were going to spend a ton of time talking about TV, which we did. Well, we spent some time on that for sure. Um, but I was unprepared for the work that she does, um, really, in her, in her actual life and using her actual influence, um, helping women, women address this, the very toxic conversation around body image. And then all these ridiculous, unattainable images that we're constantly seeing in the media. Um, and she's no joke. I mean, she's come after it. We talked in that interview a little bit about how she kind of went toe to toe with the Kardashians, um, because of the stuff they peddle and this unrealistic body image that, you know, supposedly these teas are going to finally give us their bodies. It's just so silly. Um, but it was to me really profound. And it was so strong and I was Mm -hmm. absolutely gobsmacked by her like strength and her, um, fortitude here and her sense of conviction. And so, I mean, I've went after that and followed her on, I followed her on every single platform I could find her, including her, her group called I Way, her, um, Instagram 
um, group called I Way. And I just, I've, I've been really, really glad to follow her since. And so that was the most delightful surprise. I would love to play a clip, one of my favorite clips from that episode. Here we go. I used to feel sick when I would see these magazine covers with me on them. I never felt like they'd done me a favor. I felt like they'd really insulted me by changing the mm. way that I look. And they'd hurt my feelings. And also I felt like I was a, I was complicit in the lie about, they'd made me complicit in the lie about what I look like, which on top mm. of the fact then sends a message to young women that they're supposed to also look like something that I don't myself look like. That's on right. top of that, it also encourages tabloid culture. We would have no tabloid culture if celebrities and magazines hadn't lied to people in the first place. Tab like paparazzi first really came into play in the 90s around within a couple of years of Photoshop being so prevalently used right. where um, they were trying to catch out what celebrities look like in real life because it was so obvious that everyone was yeah. lying. That's a great point. Like in, in a, even though it wasn't in my control, I was complicit in a lie and mm. I wouldn't say anything afterwards because I just feel so, so embarrassed. And now I'm older and I'm in my thirties and I just feel like I have enough power and I have a responsibility and I might have kids in a couple of years. Like I owe mm. this to them to be, to not be part of this chain of toxicity. You know, we do this, it, out, even outside of celebrity culture, this is, as you mentioned, very pervasive in ordinary person culture too. This, we yes. all do this. This I'm is a thing that we're doing. It starts with us. Yeah, it starts with us. It needs to be taken over. And your kids are listening to every time you talk about your weight, every time you post a picture of yourself that doesn't look like you, every time they see you editing your photos or complaining right. about yourself in the mirror or saying that you have nothing to wear, it all goes in. Hmm. I definitely got that from my mother and my mother's friends, you know, and the way that they would speak about their bodies and themselves like that. I internalized all of that. And then on top of everything else from the magazines and everywhere. So, you know, we really have to think about the fact that if you are not, if you are not okay with the way that you look, there's no way your child is likely to be. It's all hmm. going in. You have a responsibility to make it right with yourself, to become friends with yourself so that your child has a chance of becoming friends with themselves because there's enough external pressures coming. That's right. I love that because I feel like, you know, when we went into kind of doing the TV series, like you said earlier, you know, it's like, you think it's, this is going to, okay, we're taking a break from, you know, something like for the love of exploring our faith. It's super, you know, powerful. But then we have these people on like Jamila and find out what, what she's cares about and what she's involved with in this incredible, you know, work that she's doing that she doesn't have to do, you know? Um, and, and she's so, so, so convicted about it. And it was just neat to have that pop up in the middle of a series that we thought this is just going to be our break and our little fun time, you know, yeah, um, and to absolutely. have one that just really kind of, like you said, gobsmacked you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. And the feedback on her was really strong. Um, you know, we just, we'd already, we delighted in her as a TV person as an actress. Um, but it was really neat to meet Jamila. Like, okay, this is who you are. This is no mm. joke. You are showing up for your life. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that. Hey, everybody. Quick break in just to say thanks for listening to our show today and to share with you about Another great avenue of listening that'll make us smarter and more connected. Obviously, I know you've heard of Audible. It's where tons of inspiring voices and compelling stories open up for us. Now, Audible members get more than ever before. So members choose three titles every month. 
one audiobook, plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Uh, members also have unlimited access to more than a hundred audio guided fitness and meditation programs, which are amazing. So with their very, very convenient app, members can access Audible anytime at the gym, while commuting, on the go, anywhere, and on any device. So you can explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve your mind and body and soul with all kinds of stuff, entertainment, information, inspiration. So here's what Audible is offering you today. A 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals free. Super easy. Visit audible.com slash for the love, or you can just text for the love to 500, 500. Okay. You could even get one of my books. Hello. And hear me reading it. I have read my last two books. So either for the love or of mess and moxie, that's my voice right into your ears. So one more time, that's audible.com slash for the love, or just text for the love to 500, 500 for your absolutely free 30 day trial. Awesome. Okay. Back to our show. So just turning to our listeners for a second. Um, I hope that you know, at this point, if we have not said it 10 million different ways that we care about you so much. And we are constantly putting our ear to the ground to listen to you. Um, we, we pay attention to everything you tell us, all your feedback, all your reviews and ratings, um, everything that you have to say, your requests, people that you would love to hear from your reviews. I mean, those do not go into the void. Those have actually deeply informed us and we've, we've taken your feedback and made changes and it's helped us kind of steer in some directions. And, and we also pay attention to like how much you share, like this is an episode that keeps getting shared, um, re-mentioned sent around the, the, the pool. And so we looked at our numbers and we wanted to tell you guys what, the top three episodes have been on the podcast, one from each year of our podcast. Now just remember in 2017, we had half a year and we've had half a year in 2019. So, but still, so we're going to tell you what the top rated episode, top downloaded episode, um, was in each year of the podcast. Okay. And we'll tell you some of the comments that you gave us on each one. So here we go. Let's see, Amanda, what was our first, what was our number one episode in year one? It was my favorite one, of course, uh, with Sean and Equist. <laughs> and I was. think, you know, just being our first episode, it's, it's everybody's introduction to our podcast. It's the one where everybody starts. And so of course it's got a lot of downloads, but the content in it just, it delivered and people just loved that episode. We still hear about it all the yeah. time. Two years later, it's still it's, getting comments and feedback. Um, it's so true. Like we, Sean and I had the luxury of pulling from a decade of friendship. So we got to just jump right in, in the most natural and normal way. We had all this shared history. We had, we, we already know, we already knew what our touch points were. And so, um, that really was not surprisingly 
the best episode of the year. How about the um, second year, Laura? Do you have that? I do. Our second year was Bob Goff from oh, our Exploring oh Faith God. series. Bob. Yeah. He's our greatest. He's I our greatest Bob. pal. Don't we? <laughs> oh, everybody loved that episode. I, yeah, that was still getting shared months after it aired. Um, he is like a bit of magic. He was just so dear. And you guys loved, loved, loved him. I mean, the comments were endless. You gave us a lot of emojis in your comments on that one. <laughs> um, this is one comment that I loved um, from a um, listener named Christy. She said, he is the greatest example of loving those whom he disagrees with and makes them his neighbor. That's love. And I'm like, perfect. That That is the nicest thing she could possibly say about him. Um, and absolutely true. It's so great. He's the real deal. Anybody who goes back to listen to that episode, if you missed it the first time, you if you don't know Bob, if you're not familiar with his work, you may be tempted to think, there's no way this guy's for real. Like, cause he's such magic mm -hmm. and he's so wonderful and so dreamy and so kind and so good. And I'm here to tell you that this is exactly who he is at all times, like on podcasts off in front of big crowds with one person, he's the same all the time. So he is such a gift to us. I'm really excited to tell everybody who the number one episode is this year of 2019, which I didn't know until I got your notes, Laura. Mm -hmm. And I was really tickled to hear this. So this year in 2019, so far, our number one downloaded episode is Hillary McBride from our For the Love of Good Change series mm. um, that we had right out of the top of the gate. I'm thrilled about that, you guys. Me too. Me too. Such hey, a great episode. And just thrilled. Like, this speaks to our, our listeners, doesn't it? Absolutely. I love that because um, for those who haven't heard that episode, which is, well, apparently most of you have since it's our number one downloaded episode this year, but um, she really just dismantles, uh, going back to my original um, point with Jamila, this whole idea of toxic body image and the way that she spoke about women and our bodies was so beautiful. Like it was so tender mm -hmm. and it was so nourishing and nurturing. I, I don't even know if I told you guys this, but I was in the middle of writing a book when we were recording that series and I had a whole chapter on bodies and women and their bodies. And that episode it, it literally informed the entire chapter. I was, I was going to start it about the next day and I waited because I got Hillary's book. I ordered it, read it cover to cover. And so her work has now deeply, um, impacted and influenced a chapter that I have coming out next year. It was just maybe some of the best instruction I've ever heard in that conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's so great. Like, um, you know, I think we've, we've had a lot of people on starting with Brene, just talking about shame. And I think sometimes we don't even know what our own shame is, you know, until it's kind of identified. And then we go, Oh, that, that was shame. And so when she talks about like one of the things that I know this is kind of picking something that's kind of random out of it, but she talked about like cravings we have, and I've, I've struggled with weight all my life as a lot of us have. And, um, and I would just get so mad at myself because I, I would crave something good whether it was, you know, a bad relationship with food or not, you know, I analyze it to death, but she kind of gave freedom to that. She's like, you know what, if you feel sad, sometimes it's okay to eat something that feels good to you. 
Your body may be mm-hmm. telling you that, you know, and it just like lifted this thing for me. Like I had Lovely. done so much shaming of myself over my cravings mm-hmm. and over what I was putting in my body. And, and then somehow just to have someone tell you that it was okay, then it didn't seem like such a thing anymore. And then mm-hmm. you're able to oh, kind yeah. of process so much better and then you can move beyond it. And I just, I love a lot of our guests are, are bringing these concepts to light that, that give us that freedom, that give us permission to to live differently, act differently, see things differently. So I'm with mm-hmm. you. That episode was great. And it was one that we got a lot of feedback that, you know, not only did this episode mean so much to me, it's something that I want to share with my daughter. Mm-hmm. I want her to right. grow up knowing these things, to be exposed to these ideas. I mean, we had one comment that said, I'm, I need to work this into my own life to keep the negative comments about my body, about my, the, whatever's in my vocabulary away from my daughter, because I don't want her to feel the same negative things that I feel. Yeah. I mean, really strong stuff. That episode was so amazing. Mm -hmm. Plus if anybody hasn't heard it, Hillary's voice, it's like Mm. a babbling brook. Like I can listen to her talk all day. She's got this tender, gentle voice. It's just so beautiful. She could be a vault. She definitely could. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I mean, I think I had that position. So, you know. Uh, okay. We're going to wrap it up. And I love these questions because I um, am interested to hear what you have to say. I actually don't know what you're going to say to this. Ah. Um, I love memory lane. I love going down memory lane with you. And we really have pulled off some amazing episodes. And you guys have secured some of the greatest guests. There's more in front of us more pavement yes, to go. So here's this is. question and I want you both to answer. If you could have anyone on the show, like who's your, who was your, um, dream guest and why let's start mm-hmm. with you, Amanda. I don't know that I could nail down one guest. I mm. think for me, it's a series. I would love uh-huh. to do an entire series devoted to the Enneagram. Oh, I'm Amanda. Down. That's good. <laughs> That's good. We it's going in our spreadsheet. Enneagram <laughs> yeah. episodes too. That's so good. Oh, okay. And like have on a bunch of Enneagram teachers mm-hmm. and experts and yes. Okay. Or what if we did one of every Enneagram type? Ooh, Ooh. love it. <laughs> Ooh. Could be fun. Oh, let's see guys. This is what it's like. This is how we brainstorm. You're in it. This You're in it. Just got a behind the scenes moment <laughs> of what happens when one of us brings up a good idea to the table. Um, that's a great idea. I love it. I love that actually. Okay. How about you, Laura? Well, I had kind of a serious one and a, and a fun, a fun one. So okay. <clears throat> Tina Fey is my all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, if we could get her on a show, that would be dream come true. I love her, love her comedy, love her sensibilities. Um, and then, of course, I think Michelle Obama. Oh. I literally cannot believe that you just took my two answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have them written down right in front of me. Oh, my gosh. I'll send you a picture. That's hysterical. Well, g- g- you know, this is why we're on the same page with this podcast. Um, we are the same. She was on, Co- Michelle Obama was on Conan O'Brien's podcast. He has a new podcast, by the way. It's really funny. But she was, they were on his, her plane with her. We could do that, right? Yeah, we're down. You know what? <laughs> I will ride on Michelle Obama's plane. I volunteer as yeah. tribute. And I, I mean, I'll take that one for the team, you guys. Um, <laughs> I am so tickled that you said Tina and Michelle. Oh. That is literally who I have on my list. Oh my gosh. Tina is my comedy hero. And 
I mean that sincerely. And not just because she's hilarious, but she's so smart. Mm. She's not just an, a comedian. She's a producer and and she's a writer. And uh, what she's done for women in comedy is maybe unmatched. I yeah. mean, Amy Poehler's a close second. I mean, yeah. I, I would be so thrilled to have Amy on too. And they've both oh done this God. for women, created so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. On a, on a big comedy scale, kind of how our little podcast is. Women run women led, yes. women produced, women staffed, and uh, they've both done that. But I just, if I could talk to either of those girls, Tina or Amy, I would, um, you guys would have to send me a sedative. I mean, I, <laughs> I just don't know. Shit. I would, I would have to maybe have two glasses of wine before I could do it. Um, and then Michelle, I have said a million times is I think she's the perfect person. <laughs> like if I, I don't want to, I think she's the perfect human. Um, I, I love her. I respect her. I admire her so much. I went to her book tour here in Austin last month and I cried all my makeup off. Mm. I mean, I just, I am so inspired by her and in a thousand ways and for a thousand reasons, but, um, I promise you, I'm not stealing your options. Those were literally mine also. So now we it. know we have some synergy around our dream guests. Yes, we do. And I don't think it's impossible. I sort of don't see even the dream guest being out of reach. So that's how, again, seven, I'm very optimistic. I think we can do it. I'm sure like that they're that. listening and they're going to call as soon as we hang up. Yeah. I feel like you're right, Amanda. Um, we yeah. put it into the universe. Like we doubled down on it even. So <laughs> um, I, I would love to see all of that in the pods future. And it's possible because, you know, heck. Our podcast is doing okay. So how many right. downloads do we have, you guys? Uh, more than 12 million. Yeah, 12 yeah. million. Yeah. I mean, that's no joke. That's something to celebrate for sure. And that's some rare air. And we have been gifted with some of the most outstanding human beings. I mean, heck, I just interviewed Melinda Gates for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, so great. she is changing the world. She's literally changing the world. Huge. And so we have... We have really been the recipient of the generosity of the most outstanding, and talented, funny, meaningful, thoughtful people I know. And so we are lucky. And this podcast has taught me every bit as much as it's ever taught anybody else. I have walked away from our guests with so much instruction and food for thought and encouragement and outright joy. And it has been a delight. Hey, everybody. So we've had a lot of discussion about our health and our bodies and our self-image on this show. And for most of us, honestly, the word diet just brings up so many issues for us, shame and defeat, and I'm over it. And I just think there's a new and a better way to look at how we eat. So one tool that I have found helpful to get me into this space is Noom. It's N-O-O-M. And it's helping people just build better habits toward food with this incredibly personalized training. It's your own support team. Um, it takes 10 minutes a day, doable for literally any of us. So Noom assigns you a goal specialist, um, who is a behavioral change professional. So, um, a nutrition expert, a fitness trainer, all in one. It's just different guys. It is all encouragement. It is zero shaming and just good help to keep track 
toward what I think is the real prize and the right prize, which is just being healthy. So a very special trial offer is just for our listeners. If you sign up at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash for the love, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash for the love, we have a trial offer just for you. All right, everybody, back to our show. Now I want to say two other things. The first thing I want to say is to our listeners, and then I would love for y'all to say anything you want to say to our listeners. Um, The reason that we have over 12 million downloads is because over 12 million people have downloaded them. That's how that works. And so we want to say thank you to the most outstanding listening community. I mean, you've just really been a joy and you have served us well and you've led us well and we appreciate your loyalty Oh my gosh, it's a loyal crew. Mm -hmm. We appreciate your consistency. We appreciate your feedback. Um, Thank you for all your beautiful comments. Thank you for grabbing us when we're out in the world, telling us how much you love the podcast and what you've learned from it. I mean, I just can't think of a better community to serve. Well, I just want to say that we, of course, listen to all of the feedback that we get. We read the comments. We hear your suggestions when you say you need to have this person on the show or we want to hear what this person has to say. We go after those people. We want to put content in front of you that you are yearning to listen to. So we appreciate it when you give us that feedback. We appreciate it when you give us those reviews on iTunes, when you like us and share us and all of it. It just means the world to us. So thank you for showing up for us. Mm, That's awesome. Last thoughts to them, Laura? I agree completely with um, both of of your assessments, and I'm super happy that we have this community that's listening. And, you know, of course, we love to hear that we're bringing what you want. We love to hear that we're, you know, the people that you want us to bring you. But we even really, really appreciate pushback. You know, if there's something that you're like, whoa, that didn't sit with me well, or, you know, you know, that's, that's entirely possible too, because we are talking about things that are sometimes hard and sometimes controversial. And, and so we just appreciate your honesty, because that's a family, that's community, that's, you know, what we give to each other. So thank you for just showing up and even saying anything at all, um, whether it's positive or, you know, constructive criticism. We really, really appreciate mm. it. Except for the VOL. I, I'm still <laughs> Except for smarting that. a bit. <laughs> that was a dark part of our history. Um, um, one last thing, and then we're going to save our final question. I want to say thank you to both of you. And you have worked harder than anyone could ever know on this podcast. Not one time, like literally in two years, have either of you lost your enthusiasm, at least not to my face. You have stayed <laughs> positive. You have been encouraging. You have worked harder than anybody should have ever asked of you. And your creativity has literally made this podcast what it is. I mean, this is, I'm on the other side of the microphone every week, but this is absolutely our baby. And, um, I couldn't even really surmise, I couldn't even really think of it without either one of you. And so for the billions of hours we have logged together for all your ideas and all your hard work, I'm so grateful to you guys. Thank you so much for believing in this little thing before I even really knew how to plug in a microphone and for having a day vision for it, which you both do. Hello. You both just, um, cast a vision over our future. 
is so bold. And I'm just saying, let's just keep going. Let's keep making beautiful content. Let's keep inviting outstanding people. And I am so grateful to both of you. Thank you for all you've done. That's it. You don't get to add to that. Here's the last one. <laughs> I'm for clapped. Oh my gosh. Okay. There. That's good. That's a perfect last bit. Last, last, last bit. And of course, there's no other way to end it. What is saving your lives right now? For me, okay, this is the total introvert talking now. Uh, yep. I, th- I think this will be my answer until my dying day. Okay. Anything that employs another person who can adult better than I do to bring things to me, to my doorstep, so that I don't have to go out into the world. Amazon Prime, Instacart, you name it. If if it gets funneled right to my doorstep, I am here for it. Oh my gosh, this is saving me. I don't even hardly have a reason to leave my house ever. I have figured (laughs) out a way to get. And I'm not sad about it. No, I'm not. I'm thrilled about it. It's a great time to be alive. Um, That's the most excellent answer I've ever heard. How about you, Laura? I have a, a nerd one and then I have a serious one. My nerd one is Google Docs is saving my life right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was a late adopter to Google Docs oh. and it's like revolutionized the way that I organize my life and my business. If I had to go to my computer and find a place to start a Google Doc, you know that I do not even know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I can testify to that. Sometimes people send them to me and I'm like, Oh look, I can make real time changes, but that's all I know. That's, that's the end of my knowledge. (laughs) Thank you for knowing about Google docs, you guys. That's why, that's why this, um, that's why this works. We all bring things to the table. What's the other one? My serious one is, um, Richard Rohr. (laughs) I am getting so much life out of Richard Rohr right now. Just, he was on our podcast. Um, He's writing around things that are really speaking to me right now. I subscribe to his devotional and I read it every morning and it's just, it starts my day right. And I'm getting, I'm, it's putting me on the right track. So I really love it. If starting your day with Rich Roar is wrong, I never want to be right again in my life. I mean, he, is he not the dearest, wisest oh, person you've yes. ever sat under? Fantastic. Yeah, that that episode was a huge one too. By so the way, great. if so if anybody that missed that one, you're gonna want to go back and listen. I bald, just just be warned. I love that. Okay, let's see what is saving my life right now. I never answer this. That's so Have funny. You I've never asked answered it, this. I've asked it a hundred times oh now, a um, hundred episodes. But um, I like I like how it makes me think when it's turned on me. Um, so I've got two things probably also. One thing that is saving my life is that just it, we're just about and we're turning the corner into tomato season. I cannot explain the joy. Mm. Like, oh. The big red ones that you get like mm. out of somebody's truck on the side of the road. Yes. That's yes. my favorite. You know, yes, you know what I mean? Like we're we're all from the south. We're all in the south. Yes. So I don't know if the north does this, but in the south, you don't have any qualms about pulling your car over to the side of the road and buying peaches out of somebody's crate. Mm -hmm. Like that's just what you do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's about to be summer vegetable and fruit season. And I'm just, something about that is my, just slice a big tomato, Mm -hmm. just douse it with salt and pepper. And I'm just the happiest thing in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I would say, so tomatoes, obviously, um, and then all my people are home. 
Gavin and Cindy mm-hmm. are home and my whole family is here and I like can't contain my feelings about it. I, you know, I've never had kids leave the house before, so I didn't know mm-hmm. how that was going to feel. And now I know. And so when we're home, there's not been a night. We have not sat out on the porch for hours. Just, I don't even know what we're doing. We're just talking and laughing and telling stories. And anyway, it's just now that my family is like growing up and launching, I'm learning to very much treasure when they're all together, which yes. is going to be increasingly rare. Um, and so the college babies are home. One of them's going away somewhere. One of them's going to Greece. So it's just for a minute. I just have like a little minute here. Oh. Um, it has just been a dream. So Happy anyway, for you. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And thank, thank you to both of you. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our guests. Hey, um, Amanda, thank you for doing a public um, thing where people hear your voice. That is a big, <laughs> Only for you, you are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Super fun. I love those girls. And we sure love you. So thanks again for listening. Let me tell you about the next series coming up. Um, You are going to love it. Um, This is one that the three of us had the greatest time brainstorming. We are moving into For the Love of Powerhouse Women. And do we ever have some outstanding women um, to bring to the show? This is like really zippy, zippy series. And a special bonus episode leading into a series on powerful women with someone who is partnered with maybe the most powerful women in the world. I mean, I'd put her way up there at the top. Um, We are happy to welcome to the show Stedman Graham, partner to Oprah. Um, And so it's, it's a great way to sort of kick off this, this runway to this fabulous series on women who are just killing it out there. Um, Also super happy to have you. Those of you who have connected to the book club, the Jen Hatmaker book club. Um, This is one of the most exciting things that I've launched this year and I'm thrilled about it. And so um, if you haven't already joined, this community is the most fun. I mean, this is for people who love books. And I'm telling you, we are bringing you some of the greatest authors, some of the greatest resources and bonuses. This book club is worth all its salt. Um, and so definitely go to Jen Hatmaker Book Club and join us if you haven't already. Um, and then of course, back to the podcast. Um, subscribe guys. So if you haven't already subscribed, just it take you probably 10 seconds and our podcast just pops up in your phone every single week. You have to do absolutely nothing. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for reviewing and rating the show. It's so helpful and good for us and we're paying attention and listening. And so just a delight um, for you to get to meet my team today. I'm so happy that you got to hear from them. Um, they work so hard for you and um, I, it is my joy to work alongside of them. So you guys see you next week. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.